Welcome to Fully Covered, sponsored by Grant Thornton, leading providers in audit, tax and advisory services. So hi, everybody. My name is Emma Leonard. I've worked in the insurance sector for almost 20 years now, having previously worked in claims, regulation and currently in the risk management sphere. Welcome to the first episode of Fully Covered, which is sponsored by Grant Thornton. Today's guest is Minister Pascal Donoghue. Minister Donoghue is currently Minister for Public Expenditure, National Delivery Plan Delivery and Reform. He previously served as Minister for Finance and he is also President of the Eurogroup. Today we had a really interesting conversation about a range of topics including the performance of the Irish economy, government reforms in the insurance sector, climate change and the regulatory landscape. Without further ado, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Pascal, thank you so much for coming in today for the first episode of Fully Covered. Let's kick off by looking at the Irish economy. So indicators point to an improving outlook, inflation's coming down, the Irish labour market is performing well. So these are all good indicators for the insurance sector. On the flip side, there's a lot of uncertainty. The war in the Ukraine rages on, energy prices, although they're moderating, remain high and interest rates are trending upwards. What are your thoughts on the trajectory of the Irish economy? So, hello, Emma, and thank you very much for having me on your uh, programme and best of luck for the entire series. So I think there is a case to be made at the moment for cautious optimism regarding the performance of the Irish economy in 2023. I say that because despite the experience of an intense inflationary shock in our economy, employment has held up and economic growth has been resilient in the face of such a shock. If you look at how our economy and other European economies would have responded to such a sharp adjustment in pricing within our economies at other points, notably during the 1970s, it led very quickly to contraction in economic performance, really a a sharp effect on employment. And that has not happened. We've never had more people at work in Ireland. We've never had a lower level of unemployment. So yes, there are many different challenges. Yes, the experience of higher inflation is going to be with us still in 2023, even though it shouldn't be as sharp as it was in 2022. But in the round, despite the awful effects of a terrible war, there is, I believe, a case to be made for cautious optimism regarding what this year can bring if the war does not deteriorate even further. Great. And recession is always a, a key risk for insurers. Um, and I suppose we've learned we've learned our lessons from the last recession. But how likely do you think a recession is in the Irish market? So it would take an exceptionally uh, naive uh, politician or economic forecaster to take anything off the table at the moment. Uh, what we have seen year after year is that long tail risks, i.e. very high impact but unlikely events, have an unfortunate recent trend of actually occurring. So will I say that a recession is not going to happen in the time ahead? Can't give that assurance. But what I can say is based on every single economic forecast, including the forecasts that are produced by the Government of Ireland. Uh, We see the outlook for this year being one of lower growth as opposed to a recession. And in none of the quarters that we are now forecasting for within the euro area, and I'm confident for the Irish economy, 
are we seeing even a technical recession occurring? So my best view, and I am confident about this, but I'm not complacent, is of a year of lower economic growth as opposed to a year of a recession. But we have to be ever vigilant. We have to monitor it quarter after quarter. But for now, I think our policy response has worked. And for now, we can be, I believe, confident, but as I said, not complacent of maintaining employment and of growth, albeit far lower growth than we otherwise would have seen. So if we look at the insurance sector in Ireland, it really is a thriving insurance hub we have here. We're the sixth largest insurance market in the EU and our reinsurance market is the second largest. Because of its importance, how closely does the government watch developments in this space? So very closely. So uh, I'm speaking to you today as uh, Minister for Public Expenditure, National Delivery, Plan Delivery and Reform. And uh, I am, uh, however, had the great privilege of serving for over five years as Minister for Finance. And the uh, insurance sector in the Department of Finance and then across the government has seen as a really, really, really important pillar of the Irish economy. And you've touched on all the really important uh, metrics in terms of the size of that sector. Uh, within uh, the European Union and for our country. But even beyond that, as a basically as an employer, it's a really, really important part of the financial services sector in Ireland, which in turn is an essential pillar of the modern Irish economy. So the short answer is we see it as being a, a really important part of our economy in employment alone. And of course, for all the other reasons you've just outlined, it's even more important. And Ireland has had a reputation for being quite litigious uh, in the past. Uh, recent PIA stats indicate claims frequency has reduced. Do you think due to, is this down to the new injury guidelines, the recent reforms that the government were heavily involved in? Or do you think there might be a societal shift? So it is a mixture of both. I do believe the changes the government has made are going to have a very positive effect. But equally, I'd say we need to get a little bit more time under our belt this year to form a more considered view. But some of the early trends that I am seeing uh, in the aftermath of the implementation of the injury guidelines are encouraging. In addition, I think you make a fair point about societal risk. I do believe there's a greater awareness of some of the behaviours that had been causing not only the insurance sector itself such difficulty, but by causing the insurance sector a difficulty, those who need insurance to be able to trade were also facing real difficulty as well. And that, of course, from my point of view, is so important. So we are seeing some encouraging signs, but we have to keep at it before we can say those signs are a trend. And obviously, as you mentioned, the government has been heavily involved in those reforms, which, as you say, are showing very positive signs for the market. Are there any other areas of concern from a government perspective that you will be focusing on? So our work has made a difference, but our work is not yet finished. If I was to pick out legislatively what I believe the further priorities will be, the first one will be how we reform the whole issue of the uh, duty of care. 
and we have a piece of legislation uh, with regard to this, which is the courts and civil the courts and civil law miscellaneous provisions bill of 2022, which hardly rolls off the tongue, yeah. <laughs> but it's still a very important piece of legislation that we want to continue to work on in 2023. And then we also have the issue of how we commence the Personal Injuries Resolution Board Act of 2022 in stages across this year. So there are two important areas of reform that the sector is well aware of. I believe it will make a difference. And obviously what we are hoping to see some of the encouraging signs that we have seen in motor insurance, where we now see the price of motor insurance down 40% versus its peak. Uh, that is the kind of trend that we want to see happening across other areas of the insurance sector. So we've done a fair bit, but there's more we need to do. And you mentioned the uh, motor insurance premiums uh, as, as a point of, of focus. And the Irish market has, and the brand of the insurance sector in the Irish market has had, I suppose, a bad rap. And some of those issues have been the cost of insurance, business interruption and availability of insurance. There has been a lot of responses. Industry have responded. The government uh, have obviously responded. And the regulatory agenda has really supported these issues. But what are your views on those challenges to the brand of the insurance sector in Ireland? It has had an effect, but I believe we are capable of getting back on the front foot. And uh, the reform agenda from government has been to acknowledge the issues that have been raised by the insurance sector which after all is, as I said at the very start, Emma, a really important part of the Irish economy. Uh, but as these reforms have actually been implemented and as they make a difference to issues the sector has raised, what is really, really important then is the kind of progress that we have seen in the pricing of motor insurance that we see that continued across other products and sectors within which the insurance sector is so vital. And I would in particular call out uh, the whole sector of the insurance products that employers need, in particularly the hospitality, the retail sector, the leisure sector, and making progress in the availability and affordability of insurance for that sector is the next step we need to deliver to make further progress. So objectively, and honestly, I'd have to acknowledge it has taken a knock. But objectively, I'd have to say that it's also well within our shared ability to recover that and be on a our better foot in the time ahead. Because in all of the debate in relation to this, what everybody has always acknowledged is that insurance is an essential element to every other part of our economy because it pools, manages and prices risk in a way that the economy couldn't if the sector wasn't there and if the sector isn't performing and functioning well. So, yes, a difficult time, but we're well capable of recovering from it. But what we really do need to see is our colleagues in the insurance sector, as these reforms are implemented, to pass the benefit on to consumers. And as that happens and when that happens, we're well capable of recovering any reputational harm that the sector has, I think, experienced. I think COVID was really, it really highlighted uh, the need for insurance and how it can actually support businesses and people. So that was a really good example of uh, why insurance is so important. If we look at Brexit, so that was a huge opportunity for Ireland, considering our 
thriving insurance hub, our fantastic labour force um, and our proximity to the UK. How do you think Ireland benefited from Brexit from an insurance perspective? And did we possibly miss any opportunities? So if I look at how we have uh, performed in the aftermath of, of Brexit, I would be uh, pleased by how things have gone. Do I believe we've missed any opportunities? Not really anything significant, because in any of the debate regarding che- missing opportunities, it tends to focus on should changes have been made in our regulatory regime in order to take advantage of things that might have happened in the aftermath of Brexit. And I, I really don't think that's the way of looking at what our regulatory regime should be. Our regulatory regime should be balanced, it should be predictable, it should be aware of the need for competitiveness, but it shouldn't be driven by competitiveness. And I would rather have a regulatory regime that works and is predictable and accrue a long-term competitive advantage from that, as opposed to trying to pursue a short-term competitive advantage by any shifts in competition, in, in, in consumer protection or in regulatory decisions. So if I look at where we are in the aftermath of it, if you just look at the figures and you've already acknowledged some of them, I mean, they are so remarkable. We're the largest exporter of insurance sectors within the European Union. We have the fifth largest direct insurance business within the European Union. And as you said yourself, the only countries that are bigger than us in the reinsurance sector are France and Germany. So all of this points to a sector that is doing well and doing very well in some cases. And I prefer to think about how we can continue to have the right long-term policies as opposed to looking for short-term opportunities. So if we move on to some areas of focus and a lot of boards of insurance companies will be very focused on these areas now and in the future. And the first one is climate change. So it may not be that widely known, but Ireland compared to international standards has a very high level of flood cover. With the impact of climate change, however, we can expect more and more properties to become uninsurable. What role do you see the government possibly having in this space? And could you expect something similar to happen in Ireland um, to that in the UK with the flood re being put in place? So the responsibility is shared. What we need to do from a governmental point of view is make sure that we have good plans in place to look at the abatement and prevention measures that can be delivered via infrastructure. I have some positive experience of this myself. Uh, my own constituency of Dublin Central uh, in the heart of uh, Dublin, it was one that had a lot of flooding issues there over a, n- a number of years ago. Very difficult for some communities to get the insurance they needed. But then actually, as the government acted via the OPW, the first thing that happened is the availability of insurance began to improve. And then over time, the affordability of us has begun to improve a little bit as well. And that really is the key point. What we need to do is, with the level of capital investment that we have in our economy, put in place the right abatement and mitigation and prevention measures. We need to stop doing bad things. We need to stop building on places that have a flood risk. Then as all that happens, what I want to see the insurance sector do is have insurance products available uh, uh, when the mitigation and abatement measures are in place. They may well indeed be priced at a high level, uh, reflecting the fact that the risk is higher. 
But if we are successful in reducing risk, which I believe we can be, to have that then recognised in the pricing and the affordability of the products. And because of that dependency between the work that's done from a government perspective in terms of mitigating the risk, mitigating the risk and then from an insurance perspective in actually providing the cover, is there that close connection between government and the insurance sector at the moment or do you see that developing further in the future? There's an awful lot of engagement with government. I only heard my government colleague, Jennifer Carroll McNeil, who's the new Minister of State in the Department of Finance with responsibility for insurance. She's only in the job now a number of months and I think she's already met the vast majority of the CEOs of the large insurance companies in our country. A lot of engagement. We have a unit looking after this area in the Department of Finance at official and political level. really does receive the attention that it needs. And another key area of focus is cyber risk. So we have had a couple of very high profile attacks in Ireland, uh, the HSE being a, a, a very significant one with significant costs uh, associated with it. And I know operational resilience is a key area of focus from a regulatory perspective, and that's really supporting companies to improve their operational resilience. But from a government perspective, how do you see this area developing? Well, it's a very important area for government. The issue with cybersecurity, as with a number of other security risks, is we really only ever hear about this issue when it goes wrong. We never really hear about it when it works well, when we do what we need to do which is to protect strategic infrastructure within our state from the risk of cyber attacks. Uh, we were, of course, subject to a vicious one during the pandemic, which had an awful effect on our country at a time in which we were vulnerable. But that has strengthened the resolve of government to have in place strong measures to deal with this in the future. So we now, at government and at cabinet level, assess issues with regard to cyber security quite regularly, only recently in fact. And we have a national centre for cyber security that we're now building up, ensuring it has the right level of resource. And there is a very high level of cooperation taking place now in relation to this sector and in relation to this risk within our country. Some senior executives from insurers have said recently in the media that the risk is actually uninsurable because the systemic risk is so large. What, what are your thoughts on that? So systemic risks are there. It's acknowledged and we do acknowledge it. And as to whether the insurance sector can insure against them is very much a matter for the insurance sector to decide as a ways of the risk in relation to them. What we need to do from a government point of view is moderate those systemic risks, improve our protection against them over time and do all we can to get to a point that the risks are no longer systemic. And I believe we can do that, but I have learnt to our cost that the risks are real and they are significant. And from a public and private sector point of view, it needs, it deserves and is guessing a large degree of investment and focus. And over time, I believe we can be successful in moving those shifts out of the systemic risk category. 
So thank you very much for your time. The last question I'll ask is, uh, I suppose the industry is always looking for good people. Would you ever be tempted to move over to the private sector? <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> that is a a, a, um, a very uh, uh, nice question slipped in at the very end. Uh, my um, Actually, I have had the great pleasure of working in the private sector for some quite some time before I ever became a politician. So I've done both. Uh, and really enjoyed both, and but my heart lies in public service, and uh, I'm not considering uh, any <laughs> opportunities at all uh, to leave public service, uh, and uh, look forward to standing in the next election, and look forward to serving uh, our country and my constituents in any way I can. Pascal, it's been a pleasure having thank you, you Emma. Today. And good I mean, luck with the series again. Thank you so much. Thank you. So that was the first episode of Fully Covered. I hope you enjoyed it. I definitely thought it was interesting getting the Minister's take on the insurance sector, the key reforms that have happened recently and some additional reforms that are happening in the future. We have some really interesting guests coming up in the future, so I hope you tune in and please share with your colleagues and friends. Mm -hmm.